So it's helpful that it tells you that. Yeah, for sure. So I'm so glad to have this amazing comedian. Thank God he gave me the intro because I was not I was not going to be able to be able because I know you have so many things, Jay. Like um, you're like there's just the perpetual smiling face. I just ruined it. Fuck it. OK, let me just go what you're going to tell me. OK, sure, go for it. <laughs> Made in the Philippines, born in America, folks, comedian, very funny. Jay Aquino, how are you doing? Uh, thank you, thank you, Lee. It takes one to know one. Not a uh, funny Filipino, but a funny Asian American comedian, uh, as well. So you know. You know what, what the funny uh, thing? Is? Yeah, after I got plastic surgery, everyone thinks I'm Filipino now. But I'll, I'll roll with uh -huh. it. You guys are the coolest. I yeah, like you know it's not bad to be mistaken for Filipino. You, like you, you can get away with stuff if you go to certain Filipino restaurants and stuff. Mm -hmm. You just don't say it. Like you don't have to lie. Just mm -hmm. you know, don't. It's like a lie of the mission. That's what they called it in Catholic mm -hmm. school. Yeah, that's funny. So I love that. Um, cause I feel like I have such an affinity with you guys. I grew up with you guys. You guys are the best. You guys actually know how to have fun. Like Chinese people just have cancer and die after working their whole uh -huh. life. But you guys know how to have fun. But let's let's do this, okay? So what's the funniest Filipino joke you know, or what's the funniest thing that's happened to you in your family? Uh, well, the, well, the first time I heard a Filipino joke, I actually don't speak to all of myself, but. Um, I remember one of the Filipino groups in college, uh, there's this joke about, um, I'm going to mess it up, so if there's any Tagalog speakers out there, you know, don't, don't at me, or do if you follow me or whatever. Um, so like, I, this is a, with hand gestures, so this is really useless about podcasts, yeah, but there's this joke about, there's, there's this joke about, um, if you put your hands down, uh, you can do this Lee follow along. Uh, like put your hands down and like act as if your hands are an octopus, right? Okay. Right, and then um, that's in Tagalog that's called pusit. But if you flip it around, it becomes the opposite. Oh, that's funny. I like yeah, that. I that's cute. That that's like clean humor. I like it. I feel uh, like oh, you're, you're pretty good at oh, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I think um, I think uh. The other thing I like to say, you know, I, he did it with the intro, is I think it's it's funny because, like, a lot of Filipino humor, well, at least with our generation, uh, I'm a second-generation American. That means um, my uh, family immigrated here from the United States, and then I was born in the United States. A lot of our, our humor center around, centers around that, I think. Yes. So that's, like, the formative experience for a lot of Filipinos. So when when you do that introduction, that's kind of like what I like to say because I think it's kind of funny because like literally my parents, what they what's happening is my mom had already moved to the United States, but he would she'd come back to the um, the Philippines in order to you know see my dad who hadn't moved over here yet. So they would go over there, you know, and do the you know the you know that the good married husband and wife stuff, mm -hmm. and then she'd come up back over here, keep working, and then eventually give birth to me, which makes me an American. So. I'm only American by that that virtue. She wasn't a citizen at the time. She just had been moving, living here for a little bit. So that's why I like to have that little joke. Um, that's hilarious. As well, that's my own personal. That's my own personal um, Filipino joke. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, so, how did you even start comedy? Like, were your parents like thrilled or ecstatic when you said you were going to pursue comedy, or what was what was the family reaction? Maybe it's been like it's been like a process. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think so. Um, after I, I I was about to uh, leave a job in twenty in October twenty fourteen, mm -hmm. and I decided to do an open mic, um, you know, just to see what it was like. Cause I had been thinking about it for like my entire life, 
And then I did it and I felt really good about it. You know, I had a few friends there. They enjoyed it as well. But then I just sort of put in the back burner and focused on working on, on other stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, you have a career and stuff like that and trying to, you know, get work on that aspect. And um, and then it got to a point like in um, uh, fall of 2018 when I realized, like, it wasn't fulfilling enough to be just doing what everyone else was doing or just focusing on that type of a uh, grind, you know, I and I knew that I had to start doing it now rather than later mm -hmm. so starting in uh january of 2019 i started to pursue it fully so uh i've been going to weekly mics ever since um and so that's usually been, that's been my grind for the last year or so i love it and it's like i i thought you were doing it for longer because of how funny you are but wow congratulations it's really oh thank you that's that's yeah. a really good compliment thank you i appreciate it yeah, absolutely um so uh, do you have i don't and like my family has kind of accepted it and you know, i thought they would be more against it but they, they're all sort of the one thing is i haven't you know i have i have like ways they can watch me but i prefer they watch me live so i haven't told them about like i put my audition not my uh i put my uh reel online mm -hmm. so technically any can of them watch me but i don't go around advertising them that's I a want them i want them eventually to see it, me live yeah, because I feel like when you tell them, like, they're happy for you, but they don't want to, they're too lazy to, like, drive or, like, shift their plans, right? So, like, if you okay. show them the video, they almost appreciate it more because, like, they're trying, they're supporting you, but with minimal effort. I mean, that's... Yeah, I think, for <laughs> me, I have a belief that live comedy should be live in general, you know? Like, there's, it's like, um, there's a, there's a bond that develops with a comedian for that particular set they do. And, and I think that's part of the power of comedy. You know, you're only going to know what it's like in the room when you're in the room. You know, when you see it, there might be something offstage you don't see or something that happened earlier that the, the comedian's referencing or just the energy. Like, the, the comedian vibes off the energy of the yes, audience. absolutely. Like, completely. And then also the comedian gives their energy to the audience. Absolutely. They can change an audience from, like, a sad, sad mood to a good mood. Yeah. I love that. That's a perfect way of describing it, really. It's like a relationship, but it's like energy exchange. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember what yeah. your, you talked about in your first open mic? Like, what was your first open mic experience like? So I, I didn't know anything. So what I did was I looked up what's an open mic you can do. So I waited in uh, the Laugh Factory line on Tuesdays. Like, the way it works. Oh, my God. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Before. Tell me. Okay. Sorry. Yes, please tell me how. Yeah. That yeah. So I think now it's the same day thing, but uh, last year, oh, not one, five years ago when I did it, it wasn't the same day, it was the next week. So you wait in line. Um, oh, it's next week? Fuck. No, no, I think it's the same day now. Okay, but, thank uh, God. I was like, when I did it, it was, it was the next week. Yeah. Okay. So um, when I, when I uh, did it, I waited in line, I was there at like, 11 or something like that and i 11 I didn't, I didn't, you went at 11 yeah fuck should i go at 11 or should i go earlier cool i don't know i i would uh maybe uh i, I don't know but i wouldn't want to i don't want to give you wrong information because it seems too much probably. but thank you you're you're telling me to go early okay i i'm done yeah just whatever you consider early is you know especially if you can just drive by tonight and just go over there no don't do that but um <laughs> uh so i did, did that and then you, you, i performed the next week so i could tell my friends oh hey come by watch me and then um 
I remember, I don't remember all the jokes I told. I wish I had written them down. I'd written them down, but I think I deleted them. There's one joke that I still use that I, I, I told about birthday weeks. And it was about like how um, millennials love having birthday weeks, but it doesn't make real sense because we haven't accomplished anything. You know, George Washington doesn't get a birthday week. Jesus doesn't get a birthday week. <laughs> Muhammad doesn't get a birthday week, I think. You know, I have to ask my Muslim friends. So that's the joke I remember. And so that's a joke that really, I remember really feeling like a connection to that joke. Yeah, that's hilarious. I love that. Because I, I can totally relate. I think 70% of my friends do like birthday weeks or months. How dare they, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's just a millennial thing. Um, so what do you enjoy talking about? Like, what are your favorite topics to talk about? Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I still think I'm... Uh, I there's like I like talking about everything, but I also I'm, I I I do something I call where I start clean and I work dirty to it. So yeah. I prefer my material to be clean, and then I can dirty it up if I want. That's you know, I think uh, opposite of me, yeah. But uh, sorry. You no, know, so like um, I, I once saw this uh Jerry Seinfeld um talking about comedy special. Where he talked about how. He doesn't like to say curse words because it takes extra words to say, uh, and you can get to the same joke right, if if, uh, if you with if you don't curse. And then if you do that, then then the joke's funnier because you've already established why it's funny. And then you can add the and this is my opinion. Then you can add the curse words later or the vulgarity later, you know. And then it you know depending on the topic, like if you're talking about you know sex or you know something like that, you can't really make that clean. You can right. I, I've seen some people do it, but. Um, but generally, I like to talk a, a little bit about pop culture. I like to approach things like a different way. I don't like to have the same idea as somebody. So, like, whatever the idea that people have about something, I like to see if I can prove the opposite mm. or something like that. Okay. But you know, philosophy. Yeah, I feel like you're the best clean comic I've seen. Like, honestly, like oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's so nice of you. Yeah, so it's like it's very opposite from the way that I work. So I appreciate like how you share your process. So like, what what is your writing process like? Uh, not good. I I don't really <laughs> have a writing process. I, I, no. I um. You just I, I just sort of say I, shit. Um, no, I I say I say everything on stage, and then I sort of. Uh, it took me a while to develop this. Actually, I didn't develop develop this until like eight months in but so basically by the time i had done it it makes more sense to me so basically i perform it live on stage and then i listen to it and then I make notes on it what i want to change next time mm -hmm. and then i next time I, I do the same thing except i make those changes and then um usually what i do now is uh my material i kind of know my rhythm so i can insert i, I usually like have like uh, opener and ender mm -hmm. that I think works, mm -hmm. and then I insert the new stuff in there with the same rhythm, and then I just see what works, and I cut down and and make changes as so. I don't. I think it's kind of ineffective. It takes me long to write, mm -hmm. as a result. So I'm trying to write more, but also that's kind of. I feel like it produces my voice better. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It's yeah, like, I feel like it's like almost you're doing music. You're cutting and you're like adding in stuff. It's like all like a very good song if that makes sense mm -hmm. and you're putting in stuff rhythm and like just making it perfect that makes sense it's interesting wow i'm learning so much today i love it so um how 
How would you do, how do you deal with bombing and rejection in general? Uh, I, I don't really worry about it. I, I think, you know, once I had experienced, I don't know, it, it's, I've always felt like it was going to be, you know, you know about this. If you've ever researched comedy, there's the concept of bombing and, and, and things like that. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense to be afraid of that, though, because this is, I, I, I want, so there's this quote um, from this writer named Tanazi Coates, and, and he became a really influential writer during the Obama years. Mm-hmm. And, he, and this was always bringing whenever I'm doing my own type of writing, my own type of creative process. Mm-hmm. Like for years, he couldn't get work as a writer until the first black president became a uh, thing, and then he was able to get work. But that, those times when he was in, wasn't able to get work is what allowed him to become the prolific writer he's become. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the struggle that makes you strong. So yeah. mm-hmm. bombing is part of like, you have to experience it because then you understand what didn't work for the crowd and how to adjust. Mm-hmm. You learn how to adjust to a bomb. That's the more important lesson. It's like, if you if you do go on stage and you don't learn anything from it, that's, that's the problem. But if you come into it, like understanding that, hey, I made a mistake or maybe this didn't work out the right way. Mm-hmm. There's always something you can do to fix it. You know, even your attitude can fix it. You know, like yeah. even if you're not doing great, if you articulate that you are trying to people, people can sense that. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you just give up on, on them while you're bombing, it's kind of like, I mean, why should I care? This guy's giving up halfway through. Mm-hmm. That's my okay. opinion. Uh-huh. I love this because I feel like the attitude is so you because it's like, I hate it when comics say, like, oh, I'm clearly bombing. And I'm like, bitch. It's not even over. How do you fucking know what mm-hmm. they're doing? So thank you for like it's, sharing that attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like that's also they're being honest. You know, I think honesty yeah, is something yeah, I that guess, yeah. I can I can I can approach it that way because I'm honest. That's how yeah. I feel about you know whenever I feel in my life. Oh, mm-hmm. you know I gotta learn from it or you know a spite. You know that's another thing that you can do. I um, mean, this audience is laughing at me. I'll show them next time I do a set. It's gonna be great. You know, and then. I'm going to do the same jokes the same way, and it's still going to work because I know that these jokes are good. Either way, it works, you know. I, I kinda, I've done that one before, too, you know. like What? You're like, so you cheerful. Know. Like, what's your day job? I have to know your story. I work at a nonprofit as an administrative projects coordinator. Okay, that makes sense, yeah, because I feel like that's yeah. why you're optimistic. You're not jaded and cynical like me. Love it. Okay, um, so um, what advice do you have for new comics? Uh, you know, I think the, the main advice I would give them is just keep on trying. Uh, I'm a new comic myself, I would say so. So, you know, uh, I think that what people have told me whenever I've asked for advice is just to be on stage as much as possible. That's the only way you're going to get better. And another thing I'm learning is that be on as many different stages as possible. You know, even if it's open mic stages. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've performed in San Diego, in Irvine, in Orange County, in Long Beach, in LA, you know, and these weren't shows, you were just open mics, but I did them because like, oh, you know, what works in LA might not work in San Diego, so yeah. let's try it. Yeah, hey, I, should, think- hey, hey, I think you got to approach it like, got to face your fears, that's the main thing you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still facing mine, so it's not like it's all, it's all over. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, um, Man, so much good stuff. So, but let's switch gears a little bit. Um, who do you find funny besides you and me, obviously? Is there uh-huh, yeah. humanly possible 
to have another third funny person? And who would that well, be? Well, my, my main inspiration is Chris Rock as oh, a comedian. Okay. I remember um, seeing his HBO special as a kid when I wasn't supposed to. And that sort of changed the way I looked at, not as a world, but like, I think his jokes, I still think about them every day. Like mm-hmm. from his first two specials, he, he had these jokes about like gun violence and, and uh, uh, racial inequality that I still think about. And that's kind of what I, I strive to do in my humor. Um, another comedian I really like is Michelle Wolf. Um, she's a, you know, she did like this amazing job at the White House Correspondents Center, so much so that they basically stopped having comedians there because really? she destroyed, yeah, it was, it's crazy. Um, wow. in 2018 she did it and it was, was it 2018? 2017? I can't remember. Um, but it was, it was an amazing performance. Wow. I think I heard of her once. I need to watch her again. Thanks for that. Yeah, so she has a Netflix show that got canceled, unfortunately, but uh, she's a uh, she's good. And then um, another like a young comedian I like is uh, J.R. D. Guzman. Uh, he's a Filipino comedian. You know, he has a guitar, and like I like that. Um, I like that he, the way because he has a guitar, it kind of makes him. You know, it's not that he does it for that reason, but it's he he he's like a really just a really fun comedian. And it's not, it's a comedy about being Filipino, but not about being Filipino, if that makes sense. Because he sort of approaches it in his own, he's like a really good Filipino-American comedian. Yeah. I think the Filipino-American comedians that are, are coming up, hopefully I want to be part of that generation, they understand that, you know, part of their journey is, is um, working through their identity. And I think he does that on stage in a wonderful way. I love that. And I, I think you're already a part of the wave already. Obviously. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're too humble. So, like, okay. So, I was going to originally ask this question, why are Filipinos the way that they are? But I felt like that came off too, like, negative, possibly. So, uh-huh. I, I, I just feel like guys are really happy people. And, like, Chinese people are just cynical and just bitter all the time. So, what is your secret? Is it the sunshine? Is it, like, your philosophy? Is it the big families? Like, what do you feel like makes a Filipino? I think uh, Filipinos really like eating. I think that's the main thing that changes, separates them. I think, um, like, I think they enjoy eating with other people, and then once you eat with someone, it's hard to hate them. Like, if you ever <laughs> have been to a Filipino house, they always, and like, even no matter who you are, they'll always invite you to eat. Even if they don't have anything, they'll be like, oh, you can have these chips, you know. It's, 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 a, it's a weird thing. I think that kind of just, it's like, it's a, it's a kind of a hospitality thing, but it's also just kind of like a basic thing. Like, they like eating, so they assume everyone else likes eating, so they, they share their food with everybody. I love that. That's my, that's, uh, my uh, first reaction. Take on why Filipinos are nice. Is there a good restaurant in, are you in Long Beach or OC? Because I feel like. Uh, I live in Torrance. Torrance. Oh, so you're like in LA then. What's the best Filipino restaurant? Well, my favorite in, um, in the LA area is this one in Carson called Tito Celia's. So it's just, uh, it's a nice, um, I guess family-owned restaurant, you know, just, it's good Filipino food, you get a lot of it, it's really, uh, it's really good stuff. I always recommend that people whenever they come in and ask for Filipino food. That's awesome. So, um, what do you suggest, I like, what kind of movie should I watch, or what kind of book should I read to understand Filipinos, like, maybe on a deeper level? I don't think necessarily you need to do that. I think part of my philosophy with comedy is that 
the Filipino experience is, is kind of a part of the American experience. And I think um, necessarily people kind of think that there's like some key to understanding each other. And really that's the point of comedy. The way you understand each other is you laugh at the same things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, I think the one thing that people I would like, you know, you know, instead of Filipinos is that um, a lot of them, especially now, are second generation Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, and there's also a divide between a second generation Filipino and a Filipino that came here from the Philippines that was born in the Philippines. And, and so that type of, it's like the Filipino community can get be a little divided because of that in a, in a way. It's like, what is an authentic Filipino? So only I can only say what I know, and I'm Filipino American, so my opinion's a little different. Um, I, I I would recommend watching anything that Dave Batista is in, just because he's really cool pro wrestler guy. But uh, that's not really about Filipino. I think um, just uh, I I like Batista. He's a cool wrestler. That's right. about it. Oh, yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, then, it's much more accessible. Yeah, I feel I forget like not every culture is like super duper like everything is written i feel like oh yeah. just bring out with more people who are from there that makes sense yeah and also it's it's also um i, I to be honest like a part of like a lot of Filipino americans journey is trying to find a way into their culture mm-hmm. like um when i growing up i grew up in san diego which um parts of it have filipino but parts of it don't and uh in and as a result you know uh, i didn't wasn't as connected to my identity uh growing up and i i learned that really in college so um that's the type of experience i have with being filipino so part of my experience being filipino is learning to be filipino learning what filipino means to me and then you know and that's not necessarily someone opinion that other people share like a lot of um uh filipinos from the philippines would characterize as really needing to embrace the cultural traditions. That's the conversation I had time and time again when I was in college with other Filipinos. Um, while on the other hand, my concept of being a Filipino American is taking the old culture and the old sensibilities and putting in uh, your own self into it. That, that's what um, all the other artists that create art within America have done with their own cultures, you know? So that's what I hope to do with my work. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, um, okay, let's get into the nitty gritty. How can I be better at karaoke? Uh, it's pretty simple. Just uh, don't care. Oh, that's it. it? it it's like karaoke. Yeah, this is karaoke. Is it's first? It's like karaoke is about feeling good, you know. So, mm-hmm. just pick a song that you like, you know, that you know the words to, and just don't care about what anyone says. I like to add dance moves to whatever I do, so I like to pick. Um, boy bands mm-hmm. and seeing Backstreet Boys at a pick 98 degrees because they don't dance. So if you like 98 degrees, I don't like you. No, I'm kidding. No, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you know, that's personally my style. You know, if I can throw in some dance moves, they'll do it. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, what are your thoughts on being like a minority female, uh, minority female? I'm just sorry. I just, this, that was just, um, no, I have thoughts on that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so like so like yeah do you feel like you're treated you, you feel like it's any different because you're a minority you feel like it's an advantage or disadvantage or kind of neutral or like what are your thoughts on it well uh, you know um just my approach to uh, things is different uh i think uh more well uh i think the concept of a, of a minority uh 
can can kind of uh, it, it's not the way I frame myself. I say I'm a comedian of color, so mm-hmm. that means because I'm a person of color that's a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, not that 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 distinction really matters for the conversation. Uh, I, I think my general outlook is that it kind of, it, it, like first of all, there is high barriers. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's challenging because we're all looking for that next break. Yes. And I think there's less of those breaks. You can see, cause we, we just, uh, uh, I don't know when you're going to play this video, but uh, the Oscar nominations just came out and yes. they left out the farewell. They left out a bunch of other things, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and like that, that type of thing trickles down. So, you know, people like if, if uh, an amazing actress, like Aquafina can't get nominated for things. That means that the people that are in power don't necessarily see um my experience is that a commodity that can be sold so that's like a that's like the best way of playing like they don't want to put other Asians and stuff and that makes effect like i always say like um think about like how a lot of actors get their start they start in like you know michael j fox started on a tv show right mm-hmm. well when you cast a tv show if you cast an american dad and like an american uh, a white dad and a white mom that means all their kids are white you know that then all the people that are cast there are all white right. you know you're not so it's like a filtration system and yes. i think that can be a challenge i don't think it should discourage anyone though because i think anyone that uh, has grown up with those experiences know that that happens with a lot of different workplaces mm-hmm. and and the only thing that we can do is create our material to be great you know create materials yeah. that other, no one else can create i think if if your goal is to be just a comedian that is on on different platforms, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to do it. But if your goal is to create things that only you can create, that things that only your experience can inform you about, then it doesn't. Then you'll already be doing the work that will hopefully make make you successful. I think. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I love that advice. So. Um... You are. Uh, at least in my opinion, maybe I won't be successful. So you know, you never know. You cannot. No, well, well, well. Um, you put me in a difficult spot. But um, should I should I keep going with this topic or should I? Switch? Yeah, go for it. Okay. No, 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 no. I think, I think like it's interesting because it's like, um. Uh, uh, right now, a lot of us do it, and it, it's it's just what we do on the side. It's not the way we main way we we make money. But the the real consideration, if you really want to be a comedian, is it has to be your primary means of money, and not just your primary means. Eventually, um, your main and or and only. So, the reality is, you got to find a way to make that income in order for you, you to really be full fledged with it. I mean, you could be like a. There's nothing wrong with working on the dates that you know working on the side and things like that but i think there's a lot of her are, are trying to pursue that and so you know um i a lot of us also don't know the right way to do it a lot of the comedians that have been doing it a lot longer than me have been at you know a certain level and, and trying to still break through so there's no right or wrong answer. That's like my, my, what I was trying to articulate, you know? So you just got to do whatever works for you. Hopefully it works. If it doesn't work, you know, at least you're creating things that you, you appreciate. You know, I think the main thing I, I like is that if I 
don't make it as a comedian and I just have these things of me on stage, I'm very proud of the things I say on stage. And I think there's things that only I can say, if that makes sense. I'm only arrogant, but like, that really matters to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, how can we stalk you? How can we book you for shows? How can we follow you on social media? All this stuff. Uh, you know, if you want to stalk me, mm-hmm. uh, you can find me in Torrance. Yeah, if you don't want to stalk me in that way, then you can um, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the J Kino at T H J A Y A Q U I N O, and then you can just direct message me if you want to book me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So thank you so much for this amazing, insightful interview. You gave us a breath breath of fresh air. Oh my God, you're so optimistic and so happy. Oh really? It's just uh, the, I appreciate you being on. You know, dark guests. Um, yeah, thanks so. for the opportunity. You know, I think, you know, it, it is like, you know, none of us, like, a lot of us don't know what, what's going to work or not going to work. So it doesn't make sense to, you know, just, it's like, whatever, just we'll do what works for you. And then, and, you know, if it doesn't hurt anybody else, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so okay. much for this interview. I really appreciate your insights and uh, hope to have you on future episodes to come. Okay, yeah, talk to you later, Lee.